Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. What are we going to do as a church? Our souls need to wake up. We need to respond to the gospel of Jesus. He said, go into the world. We don't want to deal with reality, Christian. We don't even want to deal with reality even though we've been saved from this place. I'm calling on you today in the name of Jesus to rise up to the call of God. Christ is coming back soon. If I start telling people about hell, I might just scare them off. Where are you going to scare them off to? Hell number two? People stop and think about it. If hell really exists, and it does, I didn't say that Jesus did. Then don't you think people need to know about it? Can't you at least give them a fighting chance? Are you just going to sit there and let them burn? Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can. I'm sorry. There are some, some issues going on. I was I was talking in the background, but um, couldn't hear each other. But we finally got it uh, taken care of. Let's just go to the Lord in a word of prayer. All right. Go Lord God, we just want to thank you and praise you and just lift your name on high, oh Lord God, for this show, Lord God, and for the things that we will discuss, for the things that we will discover, for the things that we will share. And Lord God, that the veil will be lifted from people's eyes, and they will come to know you in a more intimate and personal way, oh Lord God. Have a deeper, more committed walk with you, Lord God, sharing these things. Lord God, we just want to thank you for the things that you have shown us for the things that you've exposed to us through your word. And it's not only to us, but it's to everybody. We just want to praise your holy and mighty and majestic name tonight, O oh Lord. And Lord God, we just ask you to take full control of what we are about to share with people, that their minds, again, will be lifted in light, and that they will be able to share the word of the true and living God. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, amen. Amen. All right, so here we are again. Sorry for the late uh, lateness. Uh, we had a few technical difficulties, so we yeah, are we... available. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. We're, we're tonight. We're opening up the chat room first time. Let's say again, please. Can... We're opening up the chat room tonight. And oh yeah. For those users that would like to ask questions and so on and so forth. Please feel free. We are on don't let them burn, uh, dot com. Right. And you can um, check us out on, on blog talk radio, um, in the chat room. Don't let them burn. And we'll take from there. Go ahead, Chris. Okay. So you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to get, get, get at us with any questions or comments or anything like that, you can email us, email us from our website too. So tonight we're getting into part two of our subtitle, Made in His Image, from last week's show. And we covered a lot of ground last week. 
and we just want to continue that discussion on made in this image, how we as Christians and um, the world, sometimes we distort the image of who God is, whose character is. And we also went into how we are made in his image through the, the, his, we sort of like his likeness, you know, not just a physical appearance, not, not just the humanoid body, um, but characteristics that he kind of, he, he gives us to like, be, we'll be able to create music and things like that. Things that birds can't do. Things that, you know, a rhinoceros doesn't do, a rhinoceros doesn't do art, you know? So we're just kind of covering those type of grounds tonight. Um, and also talking about a little bit of entertainment. So, um, Rory, um, you wanted to continue on where we left off talking about Cain and, and those sorts of things, right? Well, yes, but um, just to sort of give a brief recap on about being made in the image and likeness of God, uh, the things that God has done for us, um, it's just, it's, it's so tremendous, you know, um, what God did. Um, we, we talked briefly about it last week. We talked about how we were created in his image and in his likeness. And... Um, and um, what that means, just to recap, is that we, he didn't give us his, his power, his essence, but his image. Only God is omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. So God, he's the one that has the, the power. He's the one that is able to, to create. He was the one who created us. And we saw also in scripture is that only men who are evil want to have to make themselves into a deity. Um, in 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 Genesis three five, we find that the 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 enemy is one of the things that he came saying to. Eve is, hey, you're going to be like God, knowing good and evil. And we find that out in the New Age movement. This is not this is nothing new. Um, Dancing in the Light by, um, I think her name is Shirley MacLaine, she says that I am a God because all energy is plugged into the same source. We are each aspect of that source. We are all part of God. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. We are not all part of God. God is omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's powerful. He's all-knowing. He he knows our motives, our thoughts before we even before we even utter them. And that's the God that we serve. God was the one who created man. And uh, one of the things that happened that we talked about, Chris, is that in this in this creation process, the highlight of entire creation was man. The highlight of creation was man. The highlight of the entire creation week was man, because God said, let us make man in our own image. So God consulted, and he said, well, maybe not necessarily consult, but he, it, was, it was talking about man, creating within the, God, creating within the Godhead. Within the Godhead. 
that he said, we are going to create man in our image and in our likeness. And some people say, well, what's the Godhead? Some people say, well, it's the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Other people say, well, um, we don't know what the Trinity is or whatever. But it gives evidence that there is a God, that there is a Son, that there is a Spirit. It, and they're, they're communed together to create man. And just like how we are, God, we are created in God's image, perhaps because man has a trinity man consists of the spirit, the soul, and the body. That's the, that's the difference, the stark difference between every other creature that was created compared to man being created. Go ahead, Chris. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, that's just the, the brief, you know, recap of what, what we did last, last week. And so we want to go further into um, <clears throat> some biblical characters that um, didn't follow what, they didn't follow protocol, and they went after things that God didn't want them to go after. And so that distorted the image of who God is. Um, and I guess the first one we're going to talk about is Cain. Right. Well, um, when we looked at, um, when we looked at the, 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 the scripture, um, we looked at, we went to Jude. And we were looking at Jude and how it said men came in and they crept in unaware. And we looked at, there were three men that were mentioned in the book of Jude. Book of Jude talks about the way of Cain, the way of Balaam, a prophet, and the way of Korah. This was the cousin of Moses. And you know, Chris, when I looked at, at, at these things, I was at first I would have just glanced right over it. But when we look at Scripture, we see that um, Cain, the way of Cain. What way did he have? What did he do? You know, what, what, what were some of the things that were going on? Well, we looked and we found out that Cain, Cain went ahead and he, he, um, God said to Cain that sin was crouching at his door. And Cain never took the, um, the insight of God. Cain, Cain went ahead and he, he 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 just went ahead the next day and, or sometime after and killed his brother. He never took God's warning. He did what he wanted to do, and he paid a price for it. You know, he paid a price for it. Um, to go a little bit deeper than that, Chris, is that Cain also went out in the presence of God. He lied to God. Yeah, he says, I'm not my brother's keeper. He lied to God himself. Because God came to where his brother. He said, I'm not my brother's keeper. So there are some some uh, real uh, stubbornness in, in Cain. One, he was, you could actually say, yes, he was because he, he went his own way. He didn't want to follow God. And it's not that he didn't have, he didn't bring to God he didn't bring to, to, to God the um, 
you didn't make a mistake and brought to God inadequate um, sacrifice. He wasn't going to do it based off of the information that we have afterwards. Cain didn't want to do it because after being corrected by God, he had an opportunity to be corrected by God, and he didn't take it. That's number one. Number two, he went his own way. As a matter of fact, the word of God said he left the presence of God. He left the presence of God, and he found out he got married, and he built a city. And the city, I, I, I looked at the city for the first time, and I said, well, now there's a, a, a perfect chance for reconciliation. Cain did all of these things. God put a mark on Cain, and he said, if any man's fine, he's going to kill me, you know, so I'm going to just go out of his presence. And I thought Cain would have built the city and named it after God. Cain named the city after his son. So he didn't want to bring anything into God's presence. That's what I found out about Cain, um, Chris. Hello? Are you there? Well, he's not there. I must have lost him. So we'll continue. So those are some of the things that, that, that Cain did when he did not want to follow after God. Those are one of the things that, that the other thing that I saw was that that um that Cain also um after he 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 left the presence of God, the lineage that came up afterwards and the things that they did, they did things that were not necessarily godly. They didn't nobody in his lineage from what I saw followed after the Lord. So they were just doing their own thing. And and those are some of the things that I, I found out about Cain. Yeah, you know, one of the things that, that stick out to me is, uh, just like Adam and um, Eve, but mostly Adam because he was the leader, uh, you know, the men are leaders, and here comes Cain. God is speaking directly to him. Directly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he... Just, just straight up, like, I'm not my brother's keeper. Like, who are you to ask me that? You know what I mean? And it, it's just like a blatant disrespect to the creator right there and then. It's like, like, why are you asking me? I, I'm not the one. I, I, I should know where he is, you know? And mm-hmm. just, just that aspect of his disrespect kind of, sets me back a little bit, you know? And makes right. me wonder about his heart. And we know that sin crept in and it, it, the, the heart of man is desperately wicked, like the Bible says. So that wickedness was in Cain's heart. And I think it more it was more than just a jealousy over his brother. You know? Right. I think I think there's more, so much more to look at within that person called Cain, and like you said, his lineage did follow after God, and that's telling. Right. And it goes into DNA and all these other things, but I'll leave that alone for now. Uh, I just wanted to say that right there. So you can go on to the next one uh, that you want to talk about there. Well, the, the, the next person that we that we we, we came across before I, I'm going to do Cora. Um, okay. And and this personality, Cora, 
um, was, I, I found it to be um, amazing in this sense. What I, well, I wouldn't say amazing. Maybe I was shocked because I didn't know. So the word would be, I was shocked. Because there are three men that are mentioned in the book of Jude. And they're mentioned with fallen angels. They're mentioned with, um, with, 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 with just behavior that is not, not right. <clears throat> so in Numbers 16, 1 to 56, you can find out about Korah. Korah was the son of Izhar, the, the first cousin of Moses. He was a Levite gatekeeper. His, descender, his descendants were ministers of the things of the temple. He was influential, well-known, a religious leader among his tribe. Korah's position as a leader um, in this rebellion was eventually the result of his personal character, which was that of a bold, haughty, and ambitious man. You know, um, so he was with... He was, he was around everybody. He saw what was going on. He saw the very hand of God. He saw how God delivered the children out of Israel, uh, out of Egypt. He saw everything, everything. He saw it. You know, um, Korah and some of the others conspired with some 250 tribal leaders to challenge the authority of Moses and the priestly leadership of Aaron. Um, so, in looking at, at, at Korah, he, he challenged Moses, but more importantly, he challenged the anointing that God had placed on Moses. Yeah. Um, you know, um, complaints that Korah had, Moses and Aaron have set themselves above the rest of Israel. They teach against the authority and submission. This is what he was saying. Um, and um, you'll find this in Numbers 16.3. They gathered together against Moses and Aaron and said unto them, You took too much upon yourselves, for all the congregation is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourselves among the assembly of the Lord? In other words, yeah, these men are holy too. We can all do this. There's nothing wrong. What's the problem? Numbers sixteen thirteen. It is a small thing. Is it a small thing that you have brought up, brought us out out of the land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness? That you should keep acting like a prince over us. This is what he said to Moses. So you could see jealousy there. You could see various other things. Now, you say, well, how, how does that affect us today? What, how does that happen today? Or does it happen today? The spirit of Korah still lives on today. Of course. Mm -hmm. it, you know, um, He's in the, in the local church. He's normally on the board of elders or an elder in the church. They hear, they hear the characteristics of, 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 um, um, of uh, Korah um, or some of the things that are, are said. He or she has good in them. They want to help the church to be successful. 
They mean well. They are spiritual. They are intelligent, professional people, successful in business. They are family-oriented, leaders of families. They are so gifted. But also with the spirit, of course, comes the characteristics of rebellion, seeking to overthrow of a leader, disrupting the leader's ability to effectively lead, grumbling against the leader or his methods, causing dissension or division among the flock, a spirit of defiance, a backlog of unconfessed offenses in the body. Spiritual blessings and activity of the Holy Spirit seem to be missing. Pride in the form of activity-seeking, a place of leadership in the spotlight, suggesting that a leader is not needed or is unworthy to lead, enticing others to follow rebellious suggestions, counseling contrary doctrine opposed to the word, unwillingness to repent individually or collectively, refusing to be counseled when in error, confusion, disorientation in the congregation. Here are the consequences. Unless there is deep repentance, they become troublesome and worthless to the body of Christ and the rest of their life. Incur the wrath of God. Affect the majority for evil. These are some of the things that will happen because of this um, spirit of quarrel. Um, you know, um, and you know what? When I read this also, uh, Chris, yeah. I saw some of these same characteristics in some of the churches uh, that I've been in. You know, and not only that, I'm not saying on the outside, but I'm also asking the Lord to guard my heart first and foremost, that I don't do that when, I, when it comes on to those men or women that are called by God to do, to do God's work. And we go into the church and we start backbiting and say, well, you know, surely this person, um, this person doesn't have this or this person has this particular weakness. Why was that person put in, in, in place? You know, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, um, right. You understand me? It's just not right. So we have to guard our hearts, guard our minds that we ultimately, that we follow the Lord and we are not lost. You know, that we are not lost at all. You understand what I'm saying? That we do the things that that God has called us to be, called us to do. And that, you know, I, I lay out myself before the Lord. When I read this, I looked and I said, Lord, you know, I hope that I'm not the person or I'm not taking on the personality of Korah because, like I said, um, he was there with Moses. This is Moses' cousin, first cousin. He saw the things that God did. You know, he, it was evident. He saw God's mighty hand move, but he did not, he did not, um, he did not take heed to God's correction. Exactly. Amen. And yeah, and that's and that speaks about character. So, yeah. um, 
we could we could go into a little bit of, about God's character for a second, and we could also talk about the fruit of the spirit, because the fruit of the spirit it, it's, it's a reflection of God's character. Because it says here in Galatians five twenty two to twenty three, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance yeah. or long suffering, um, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Gentleness and self-control, and those are all characters of our Lord. Really? So, as we were talking about last week, is um, trying our best to be like Jesus, you know, um, following his in his footsteps. These are the same principles that he taught in his ministry, and these are the right. same things that was taught after his ministry. Well, his ministry never right. ends because he's, he's, you know, yesterday, today, and forever. But we were talking about after you know, his ascension, the, the disciples went on and taught the same thing as what I'm saying. But go ahead. You know, Chris, what you're saying is so um I was having a conversation this evening with a friend, and, and we were talking about the Lord. And, and I remember when they went to the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus, he was so humble that Judas had to come and kiss him so they, they would know who Jesus was. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. They could, they, he, he, that's how humble he was. And I, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa. You know, how could I have missed that? They didn't know yeah. who he was. Yeah. They didn't know who he was because there was no arrogance. There was no... He didn't hold the office of being the Christ, so to speak. You know, he 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 did hold the office, but he didn't he didn't flaunt it. He didn't show it. You know, he didn't show well, it. Well, he showed he showed it, but he didn't like. Well, look, he, well look at me. I'm he God. acted it you out. It? But it's like yeah. right. He acted it out. I'm sorry, Chris. He acted it out, but you could not you could not see. If you didn't know, if you didn't sit and eat with Jesus, you would never know you were yeah. the Christ. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something comes to mind? All right, go ahead. And then I'll, well, just to add on to what you're saying is, you know, like how he told the parables, and the, and the disciples asked him, why do you talk like this? And, and basically his answer, I'm paraphrasing, you know, is, um, you know, th- those that want to know will understand. Those basically are a heart after a God, after God will understand the parables. The ones that don't want to hear the truth, they, they, it's not for them. So they're, they're going to be like, What's, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? So it, mm-hmm. it's just interesting. All these things just show some different characters. And I, I, I even have here, uh, well, there's a lot of um, attributes to God. You know, he, like his right. beauty. It says here that God is the possessor, and the sum of all desirable qualities. Um, blessedness. Um, God delights fully in himself in all that reflects his character. Eternity. God has always existed, having no beginning and no end, and experiencing um, no succession of moments. Um, the freedom. God does whatever he pleases. And you see, here on earth, the, what the devil tells us to do, and this is the first law of Satanism, is do what you will. 
but God right. is the one that holds that attribute and 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 can live by that. You know what I mean? So um, we have a lot of things twisted here on this planet, and and there's more characteristics here I can go through, but I know we're like running, you know, we're running a little late, so I, I don't want to spend right. too much time on it. So, but, right. but go ahead. I, I just wanted to read uh, Philippians two verse five. You know, it says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery, but equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the yes. death of the cross. Therefore, mm-hmm. God also hath highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Christ every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess things in heaven, things on earth, and things under the earth, and that That's every right. tongue that confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. It, it gave me new meaning. When yeah. I when I looked back and I saw that Christ was so humbled or humble that he never exalted himself. It's the same right. way that we should not we should humble ourselves and not try to take on this it could be a spirit of, of Korah, it could be a spirit of Balaam, it could be the spirit of Cain when yeah. we are Interacting with each other, but we are we are we are so humble that um, Christ is able to work in us and through us to do the things that He wants to do. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Amen. And that's Amen. um, it, you know, so that he, and just, again, being like Jesus, being humble, it's a thing. He tells you to humble. He tells his people to humble themselves and pray and seek him. You know, in, in times of distress and things like that. And a lot of um, believers are missing humbleness. You know, they they want to be exalted. They want to be. Uh, they want position. And a lot of them are like you said. Uh, like Balaam, they they running they're running after money. Jesus didn't run after money. He still didn't do these things that a lot of um, believers are showing in their life, and 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 most of us are guilty of that, you know. Right. But that that that's why we want to visit this issue, and 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 just kind of kind of extrapolate some of the information. So that we can get a better understanding of um, how we should live, how God expects us to live. It's written clearly in His Word, um, but sometimes we get lost in the world system or our flesh, or, or, or a bit of both. You know, because uh, when the world takes over in your mind, in your heart, then you're gonna do what the world does. I mean, the fact of the matter is the world will congratulate what the world does, you know? You see you see a guy come out with a record that sounds this way or that way, and the world is going to cheer and congratulate him because it's just like the world. 
But if you if you set yourself apart, or, or that Jesus set you set you apart from this world, you'll see you should you should see a stark difference, and it should be plain to people, and that's how we we start to show the character of God within us. You know the 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 the, the, the thing that that Jesus, how Jesus act, tells us to live. He said, "If you love me, obey my commandments." And even though we can't live up to what that is, only Jesus could, we're still supposed to be like, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to lie here, there, wherever, you know, I'm not going to murder, I'm not going to cheat on my wife or whatever, you know. And sometimes some of those things are hard to follow, and Jesus never said it was going to be easy, but we have to do our best to keep those things in mind because we are representative representatives of the kingdom. Because when a, when a king sends out an ambassador to another king, kingdom or another land, I should say, he goes there and he's a representative of the kingdom. And when they set up somewhere in another land, that now becomes part of the kingdom. But, but here we're talking about souls, right? And that's just the way it works. So you can't misrepresent God and expect things, good things to happen. Now, he could work through all your mess, but, but you, you shouldn't come around as this bad representative of who God is because the world is constantly looking. The world is constantly judging, um, or not in, in the wrong way, being more hypocritical than, than they ought to be, you know, because they're going to say this, this, but they never picked up the Bible. But they look at your lifestyle, the way you were representing Christ, and they were like, oh, no, I don't know if I want that because they're doing exactly what I do. They're doing right. exactly what I do. Go ahead. And, and you know, um, like what you said, just like what you said, you know what? Christ is so precious. He's so precious. Why am I saying that? Give us salvation once. That's a gift within itself that we can't pay for salvation alone. In his word, it says, Who the Son sets free is free indeed. He said also that I've come to give life and life more abundantly. He says, My take upon you because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In other words, the things of the world will eventually go strangely dim to you. I know they have gone to me. And so those things, they just fall off when Christ comes into the picture because you realize the, the significance of what he has given you. The significance of salvation is what's so important. And we cannot allow within ourselves our culture, our own emotions, our own feelings, our own wants, our needs, all of those things have to die. If Christ came on the earth and he said that, or, yeah, he said, he put away all of these things. Remember, when he came here, he, was the, he is the king of kings, and he came and became a lonely man, so much so that even when they went to look for him in the Garden of Gethsemane, 
Judas had to come and kiss him because the people, the, the God, they didn't know him. So he didn't flaunt the gift that God had given him. He didn't use it for his own personal gain. We'll talk about Balaam in a minute. But we will see his character coming through in everything that he did. You know, everything that he did. I remember when the centurion came to Jesus at one point, And the centurion said something that was very important. He says, I am a man that's under authority. You don't have to come to my house to heal my daughter. You don't have to come. Just speak the word and it is so. And what he was saying is that, listen, I am under a physical authority or I'm an authority figure in the physical realm. And I will say, you over there, come here, and the person will come. So you over there, go there, and the person will go. And he looked at Jesus and he said, those are the things that I do in the physical realm. In the spiritual realm, you don't have to come to my house. All you have to do is speak the word. And Jesus remarked about that and said, he has never seen faith like this before. And it wasn't from a believer on the inside. It was from a man on the outside. Now, wow, wow, grasp the magnitude of that. And he said, listen, without faith, it's impossible to please God. If we have no faith, we are lost because we are saved by faith. We are only saved by faith. That's it. We're saved by faith. And these are some of the truths that have come to me during this study, Chris. And it's yeah. it's it's so amazing and so so rich. So rich that we have as followers of Christ. And the that's the reason why he brought up these three characters to, to show us that we need to be, be careful. Be careful of having the spirit of King. Be careful yeah. having the spirit of Korah. Be careful to have the spirit of Bala. Wow. Amen. Yeah. You know. So, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's all right. We ready to move on? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. We have a lot of ground to cover <laughs> and interesting subjects. You know. <laughs> right. The next person that we would like to talk about is Bala. Balaam, um, the story of Balaam opened um, where there was an encampment on the border of Canaan, and um, Balaam became of the Moab who bordered on the Israelite encampment. Apparently, he viewed Israelites as a threat to his kingdom, and all they had not done anything to justify his fear. So he felt that, you know, he had to do something. And he got a hold of this soothsayer, um, fortune teller. Balaam is strange and intriguing. He's a strange and intriguing personality. Uh, a baffling combination of supernatural spiritual gifts and a corrupt character. And, you know, Chris, if a person that's corrupted gets a spiritual gift, 
keep the person will still be corrupted, but they'll have this spiritual gift. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. And um, Balaam was his person. Balaam is from Mesopotamia. He was not an Israelite. He knew of God. He knew that there was a Lord, that the, the, the Lord God. He knew. He knew the name of God. Balaam knew God by his sacred name and called him my God. He knew him. And when this king enticed him with all the lavish gifts and he brought princes to him and told him that he needed to curse Israel. He said, well, no, he didn't want to do it. And Balak responded and sent a larger party. And he did all sorts of things. He, he, he did everything. He pulled out all the stuff. Eventually, he tried to curse the children of Israel. And he, he couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't do it. But what he did was that he told um, these, this king that the best thing that he could do was to have the Moabite woman entice the 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 the, uh, um, the children of Israel, and this is the way they would fall fall away from God. And um, he, he paid a price eventually. Let me let me let me tell you where it is. It's actually um, Numbers thirty one sixteen. And he said this, if the Moabite woman would entice the Israelites into idolatry and immorality, it would not be necessary to curse them, but God himself would bring judgment on them. Balaam's second strategy succeeded, and 24,000 Israelites perished under God's judgment. This is found in Numbers 25, 1-9. You see, this is what we were talking about when we looked at his character. Balaam was willing to curse Israel, although God told him not to, for money, for fame, for those things of this world. In other words, are we selling out the things of God for money, for fame, for fortune, there is a price to pay for that. And the price is not me. The price won't be coming from me or you, Chris. The price is coming from Elohim, God himself, who sees the motives of man's heart, who sees your intent before he did it. And we saw that when he went to Cain, and he said, sin is crouching at your door. As a matter of fact, he saw it before Cain even did it, and Cain did not take his advice or his rebuke. Yeah. Wow. And, and you know, all this goes back to choice. You know, Balaam had a choice to make. 
you know, follow God um, mm-hmm. as far as what he's supposed to do and just do the right thing, you know, do what God asked you to do. But he chose something different and, and did a whole bunch of weird things, you know, in, to entice the children of Israel. And yep. so and, and a part of this, his story shows uh, interesting uh, attribute of the Lord because Balaam was supposed to die. He was, he, he was going to die. The angel of the Lord was going to take care of him. And you know what happened? The donkey tried to warn him and, and actually spoke uh, to God the, 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 right. to, to the donkey and everything like that. And, you know, it says at, at this point, Balaam is allowed to see the angel who informs him that the donkey is the only reason that the angel did not kill him. But he immediately <laughs> repents of what is told to go on. So choice. You know, and God lays out a whole bunch of choices for us. Well, what I mean by that is he puts a lot of rules there for us to protect us. And we we have a choice to go fornicate. We have a choice to not fornicate. We have a choice to not lie. We have a choice to lie. Which one are you going to choose? Because that speaks about about your heart. And Amen. you know what you desire to do. You might you might you might lie because you are um, in fear of somebody finding out whatever it is they, they they could find out, and it could be something very small that won't won't even jeopardize you, but you'll still lie. Anybody guilty yeah. of that? Guilty, right here. Guilty. Yep. Same here. Same you know. Here. So it's about following the Lord, following His Word, following His precepts. His decrees, and you know, so there's so many instances in the Bible throughout of people making the wrong choice, the wrong decision, um, because of whatever reason, you know, whatever motive. And again, as we pointed out last week, this is all about we cannot do it, live this life without life Himself, who is Jesus Christ. Amen. From beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, all 66 books shows the transgression of man and how faithful the Lord is. And remember, people, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he might not be um, – because everything he did in the Old Testament had a certain reason, um, whether, it's what, whether, whether it's what Moses did um, with the armies um, – how they got out of Egypt, how um, the, uh, what was his name? Uh, sorry. Uh, your son. Yes, what's your son's name again? <laughs> Joshua. Uh, Joshua. Joshua. Joshua, yes. What Joshua had to do, so. and we look at those things as very strange, and they, but there are a lot of reasons for those things, and we're not going to go into, into them tonight, but those people followed the Lord and obeyed his commands. And, um, you know, and then the, the, the people around them followed the Lord for a second, and then they went back to worshiping idols. But go ahead, Rory. I mean, you have more to say. All right. Um, what I wanted to say. We are led to ask ourselves, what motive could be so powerful and compelling that it would cause Balaam to act in direct opposition to the revelation he had received from God. 
to his own ultimate destruction. Two writers of the Testament give a clear and specific answer to this question. Speaking to the false teachers in the church, Peter says in Second Peter 2, 15, they have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following after the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Jude, likewise, speaking of false teachers, says, they run eagerly into the way of Balaam for profit. That's Jude 11. The answer is clear. Balaam was tempted to his destruction by the love of money. For this, he was willing to prostitute his marvelous spiritual gifts. Probably he was flattered, too, by the attention he received from King Balak and his princes. The love of money is closely associated, associated with the desire for popularity and power. All these evil lusts grow out of the self-same soil, pride. So it comes from pride, and then it goes over, you know. Um, he tried to go against God, the established commitment that God had over the Jews, his people that he loved forever. That's wrong. Second, one of Satan's strongest and most successful weapons against us is the love of money. That's the other mm-hmm. thing. He was going to get some, some uh, money recognition, fame. These are the, that's the second. Third, we need to understand the difference between spiritual gifts and spiritual fruit. Gifts represent the ability, but fruit represents the character. The gift comes through a single brief impartation, but the fruit comes through a slow process of development. These are some of the things that I had to to look at in 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 looking at these three characters that God laid out for us in the book of Jude. And I I, I Chris, I tell you man, um I was just taken away, taken away when the the things that was said. In Jude um eight to twelve it says likewise Always, these dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority, speak evil of dignitaries. Yet Michael, the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. In other words, Mm. yes, he was an archangel. He could have done and said various things, because he had the authority. But no, the power comes from God himself. And he Mm -hmm. represents, like you said, Chris, he's he's an ambassador of Christ. And he said, the Lord rebuke you. Mm -hmm. These speak evil of whatever they don't know and whatever they know naturally. And this this is what Jude says. Like brute beasts, these, in these things, they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone the way of Cain. They have run greedily after the way, the error of Balaam for profit, and perish in the rebellion of Korah. 
These are spots in your love feeds while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. They are clouds without water, carried about by the wind, late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, plucked up from the roots. From the root. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you know what's interesting about that is uh, I was reading somewhere the other day, just a, uh, an article while I was doing my research, and at the bottom bottom of the article, I just couldn't resist to look at the comments, and there were these. Um, so-called Hebrew Israelites there just hammering away at this person that was telling the truth about uh, the, the, the subject matter. And they were just calling them all types of names and accusations of this and racism, this, that, and the other. And this very example of the brute beast. They just attack, attack, attack. Mm-hmm. And no love, no love whatsoever in their argument. And it was just interesting to see that because not only them, but, you know, other people, they, they come into the church, as, as this book is describing, and they cause all sorts of trouble. And some of them even act like they're pleasant, but they end up turning into these monsters, you know, at, at the end of the day. So it's, I'm just saying that because it's just um, interesting to see the actions of people that um, think they're working for God, but they're not, you know. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So so we're going to move on right now, and we're going to go into some of the other uh, things that we had yeah. uh, spoke about pertaining yeah, to the so, image of the Lord. Yeah, so people out there listening, we all have a view of the world, um, a view of this this whole thing we call life. And some of our views might come from an ideology that we might have uh, been brought up with or something we learned in college or something that we learned from the Bible. Um, so there are all types of what we call worldview out there, but I'm just going to touch on four tonight. And the first one is humanism. And some might be wondering, what is humanism? Well, the definition here says, an outlook of system an outlook or system of thought attaching prime importance to human to the human rather than divine or spiritual matters. Humanists believe believe stress the potential value and goodness of human beings, emphasizing um, common human needs and seek solely rational ways of solving human problems. And if you are a believer, you know that that is all. Wrong. This is about man solving man's issues, um, basically putting man in, a, in a, sometimes in a, in a divine position. And this is this type of belief system is in our schools, in our entertainment, and in other places. But that's just one worldview right there that man can solve his own problems um, uh, rather than uh, die in the sky or whatever. However, they they they, they attribute God. <clears throat> so. Um, and it also says a Renaissance culture, culture movement that turned away from the medieval um, scholasticism and re- revived interest in ancient Greek and Roman thought. Uh, 
so you know, back in in Greece, and they had all the philosophers and the Rome too, and the stuff like that. And they, they back to again the philosophies of man versus the teachings of God. And so from there, unless you want to say something about that, Rory. No, no, I'm 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 listening, and I'll I'll say a comment afterwards. All right, continue. So, all right, so then we go into atheism, which is the disbelief or a lack of belief in the existence of God or gods. And they have synonyms, non-belief, disbelief, unbelief, irreligion, skepticism, doubt, um, agnosticism, nihilism. You know, those are all synonyms. Um, and the quote says, atheism was not freely discussed in his community. This is giving you an um, example of uh, community speak. But uh, atheists, you have to ask you a question, are they real? Is the atheist real? Because uh, as far as I see, a lot of them, and I, and I can't say all because I just don't know, um, but a lot of them have the idea of evolution mixed in with some mystical stuff and other things like, you know, New Age. Uh, and, and there they have a belief system that they don't attribute to themselves as a god, but when you look deep into evolution, and we're going to cover this in another show. You're going to see that this is this this, this whole thing is it's like a god to them. It is because you have a creation point or a, a point of um, Big Bang or the the the, the rain the, the the things rained on the rocks and out of that came life. That's a belief system, and so that their whole worldview is there's no god, but we came from a Big Bang, and the cosmic rains that came on a rock and formed life. All right, so we have that system. So you you have a belief where humans are the most important thing on the planet and we don't need an outside force to govern us. We'll govern ourselves. Then you have the disbelief in God, so-called, which believes in evolution, right? And then we come to a biblical worldview, which is um, taken from the Bible. Uh, here it says, uh, Christian worldview, also called biblical worldview, refers to the framework of ideas and beliefs taught uh, um, through which a Christian individual, group, or culture interprets the world and interacts with it. Um, different denominations of Christianity have varying worldviews, which is true because they might interpret things different or whatever, but a biblical worldview for us would, would would stand on the word of God, uh, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, and how we're to live in this world, spread the gospel, love your neighbor, and things like that. So now you have to ask yourself, what is your worldview? Because there's another, and it goes more to spirituality, and that's uh, the New Age belief system, which is... Um, God is in everything. You have the Christ consciousness inside of you. You could become God, blah, 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 and, and, and all those things, right? And before when I said uh, Christ in you, I didn't mean the Christ consciousness. I meant the Holy Spirit. Okay, so just to clear that up. Um, but the worldview that you have, it, it, it comes from whatever you believe, whatever you believe in. And so you view the world through that scope. So do you have a little bit of atheism in you? Do you have 
mixed, it might be even mixed up with a humanism. It's your worldview, a biblical worldview, because if it's that and that alone, then you have to kind of reconcile that with who God Christ is, Jesus Christ. Because then you're going to try to act that out in your life. You can't say you belong to God, but live for the devil. You know, so we just want to look at that really quick. So if you want to say that, real, uh, say something about that real quick, and then I'll jump into something else. Well, you know, um, Chris, I'll say for a long time, scientists have always um, gone after this thing and then they've been the ones perpetuating this thing about we are there is no God and, and, and how we have evolved and and um and all sorts of other things um that men have come up with to deny the very power of God and how things are created and um how God has one thing that we can say, based upon what we see, there are laws that have been set in its place, and they have been like that from the beginning of time. It's not something that happened, a random act, that the sun is where it is, and it does not um, leave its orbit, or why certain birds fly certain places and do certain things. And these things are repeated and repeated and repeated, but man still says, he denies the power of God. He denies God's creation. He denies everything. And yet he says there is no God. But he sees his handiwork on a daily basis. He sees everything that God himself has done in creation. And, you know, for them to be atheist or, or for them to say that he doesn't exist, is it's just a lie from the pit of hell. Right. And they think, uh, they say that, you know, people like us that would believe in a supreme, um, all-knowing, all-loving God, um, we, we are the ones with the low IQs, we're stupid, blah, 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 blah. But I, 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 I beg to differ because Romans, the book of Romans says you're actually the one that's stupid, and that's actually how the translation is. It's, you know, you're, you're, you're a fool for believing in something that was made up by man and now it's like you worship that belief system. So, and I don't want to spend too much time on that, but I just wanted to, you know, figure and, out and the, the Bible also says, you know? The Bible also says the fool says in his heart there is no God. Yeah, the fool mm-hmm. says in his heart yeah. that there is no God. And yeah. we know, based off of Scripture, that there is a God. We know, yeah. based off of the things that we see, how the world operates, we know that mm-hmm. there is a God. And we stand yeah. firmly on that and the things that God has done in our lives. Mm-hmm. How can you look at the design of a body mm-hmm. as a scientist or even as yeah. a, a, as a, a, you know, whatever, as a scientist? I say, well, based of all the different systems that we see working in the body, mm-hmm. there is no God. Yeah. But, you know, it's far. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And just to hang on that for a second, um, if you look at how the universe is, it's very complex, and billions of stars and galaxies and, you know, suns and moons or whatever, right? And then you come down to our solar system, 
very complex. You know, you, you can tell dates by just the, the way the sun uh, rotates and, and the, some of the alignments of the planets and stuff like that that, you know, the old astronomers used to look at. And then you come down to just our planet, so complex that we still haven't figured out everything, you know? And then you go from there and you come down to just your uh, just a, a, a continent, very complex. You go from that, you come down to a city, very complex. You come from that and you come down to the human body, like you were just saying, very complex. You come down from that and come to the human brain, very complex. You come from that and come down to a, a cell, a brain cell or any cell in the body, very complex. You come from that and go down into an atom. We thought we knew it all, and yet now they found something smaller than an atom, very complex. And now that smaller thing, they found out something smaller than that. So, oh, this all came about by accident? I don't think so. And we're going to be covering some of that. And one there of the, is no the, way. <laughs> the coming shows, because there's just no way that this all came about by accident. And a lot of people have, been, have bought into this idea of evolution and millions of years ago, which we can't even reach that number, and but we could reach a smaller number, let's say six, ten thousand years or whatever it is, you know? Because the, the history of man goes back to a certain period right before the flood. And now we've discovered things that were in the flood, even giant cities, gigantic cities. But, you know, the character of God is written on everything that's created. And man, again, has distorted it with some lies called evolution. So anyway, we Amen. just want to move on because we want to get to these, these rich subjects and so because the next show is going to be uh, interesting and, and we don't want to miss a beat here. So uh, we, now we're reaching into the, the, the culture, whatever culture you're in. But there was a thing that was going around in um, the early 2000s that says Jesus He's your home. It's my homeboy. Jesus is my homeboy. He's like the friend next door, you know? And that kind of takes away from the lordship, the kingship of Jesus Christ. He's not, yes, he calls his friend. And you know, I'm going to read what I read here, um, something I wrote down just so, just so I can, I, I can get everything that was in my mind at the time. And it says, another picture that the world, the world has of God is that he is your homeboy. You see, what this does is bring God down to the same sort of human level, a level that even accepts sin, just because we're all human, quote unquote. So therefore, God must understand or walk with us in sinful patterns of life. But this is not true. This is not an honorable way to look at God at all. God is worthy of your respect, your honor. This is why we must Get get rid of our pride and humble humbly come before him and ask for forgiveness. Jesus isn't going to going um, with us on our quest for more money, or to sell drugs, have premarital sex, or any other sinful behavior. He is grieved by it. Therefore, it will anger him. I mean, a lot of us need to be glad we're not under. The Old Testament. <laughs> uh, hey, but remember, but remember, remember, and the Ananias mm. and Sapphira were on their grace. So, right, right. Well, listen, I'm not saying that nothing can happen to people. God, we God will, can, we will, God can, yeah. God has nothing to do with sin. 
Yeah. Because, you know, and I, and you I'm can't not tolerate yeah, I'm not saying nothing can't happen to you because you will suffer the consequences of the things in this life that you do without and, and not repent, you know? So if you go out there as a Christian and you have premarital sex and think that nothing can happen because somebody said something to me yesterday that you could sin as much as you want, as much as you want until you die. I was like, what? What? No, I mean, the Bible speaks clearly about, you know, we are bought with a price. We are not our own. So how can we act like we are the same person that we were when we, um, uh, before we got saved? Now, there's a process of sanctification and, and, and all that is, is good, but you now you're justifying something that you're trying to say that God's grace is worthless because, you know, you can just sin as much as you want. Who's, who, who preaches that? But anyway, let me go on. <laughs> there are some wow. profession Christians out there that are in high places that want to be relevant so much that they have non-believers thinking that we are just as messed up in our daily lives as they are. But the message that that's sending is that Jesus isn't working for us that this walk is no different than the rest of the world, like it's just a moral community club instead of a loving walk or a loving and obedient walk walk with Jesus Christ. This comes from a carnal mind that might not be truly saved or regenerated by the blood of Jesus. And so for the Christian, I say, one, don't listen to me, Go to the word of God. But I'll say this anyway. Yes, he, is, he considers us friends, sons of God, a part of a spiritual family that has been restored unto him to live with him forever in paradise. He is Lord of all and should be treated like that, not like someone we grew up with that we went to high school with. Reverence is expected and nothing less. So would you treat your friend Amen. the way that you treat Jesus? Or would you treat your, your Jesus the way you treat your earthly friend um, with disrespect? And that's just the, the way it is because we say we love him, uh, but we want to still do what we want to do most of the time. And that's going out to the carnal-minded Christian, you know, and they're all over the place and, and and oh my, the you know in the Bible where it says, um, many will say, "Lord, Lord." I, I hope that none of you are one of those, because how how far can you stress that that spiritual ruler before you realize, oh, I wasn't saved? You know, the Bible tells you to test your you know work out your your, your salvation with fear and trembling. You know, if you're truly saved, you should show characteristics of it. For a lot non-believer, I say, how can you consider someone your homeboy when you've never known him? Even though he'll never be a homeboy, he still loves you and cares that you answer to his call on your life. The call to come to Jesus as your Savior. Wouldn't you want favor from the king or favor with the king to be called a friend? 
that is at a very high, uh, sorry, that is a very high and privilege to anyone that can come to the throne of grace and be cleansed from all unrighteousness. I mean, some of you out there are, are skeptics, and um, you, you see, you, you don't understand what it's like to have all your sins forgiven, to have the peace of God on your life, to have joy even in distress, to know that there is somebody that has your back when no one else has it. You, you don't you, you 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 can get some of that from some of your human partners, um, your, your some of your human friends, but when no one is there, no one, God is always there and He's always on time, and you cannot have that without knowing Jesus Christ. It's just a matter of a fact. It's just that's how it is. And you might think, oh, you're just being spiritual. No, I. You can talk to many Christians that are walking the walk, and they will tell you this is not something that's made up or some fairy tale. These things happen. Miracles happen. Speaks to your heart. You, you, you get convicted when you do something terrible. When you're saved, it's just just how it is. And you know we're not supposed to be out here sitting up a storm and be like, "Hey, friend, how you doing?" That's not respect to our Lord and Savior. And, of course, for the person that's not saved, you need to know the Lord and Savior. And, uh, Royal, you can talk on some of that before I go on to my next point. Um, well, you know, I, I would just say, no, the Lord can't be my, he's not my homeboy. He's my Lord and Savior and soon coming king. Um. He's not in the same class as I am. He he's just not. He he is my redeemer. He's my source. My help comes from the Lord. You know, he owns cattle on a thousand hills. He's King of Kings, Lord of Lords, conquering lion of the tribe of Judah. He is my all in all. That's who he is. That's my king. Think tonight, Chris, you should play that. That's who our king is. That's my king. You see, my king, he supersedes everything and everyone. That's my king. My king knows me better than I even know myself. That's my king. My king took my life from destruction and saved me. That's my king. He is he he's amazing. That's my king. My king, I can bow on my knees and praise and worship him. He is my king. He is the one that knew me before the earth came into being. That's my king. He is the author and finisher of my faith. That's my king. So yes, he is my king and he's coming to reign supreme after this. Continue, Chris. Amen. And so, you know, many people talk about um, Jesus Christ as just another good man or a good teacher or he was just a prophet. And he was all of those, but he was more than that. 
He was God in the flesh. And so Jesus, just to, just to, just to, remember we're talking about the image of God, how Satan has put things in our minds, how we live and destroy that our walk, right? And so Jesus asked his disciples in, 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 in Matthew 6, 13, 16, 13, he said, who do people say the son of man is? And so in 16, 14, they say, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. All the wrong answers, you see? You, in, in today's modern vernacular, you could probably put their homeboy. You know? He responded, you notice that no one responded with, with negative views of Jesus. Because all those prophets, uh, John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, they're all prophets in the Bible. So it wasn't a negative view of Jesus. It was just not the right answer. And so as people out there in other religions around the world or whatever, um, in different uh, sects of society, they'll tell you that Jesus was a good man. You know, he was a good teacher. Well, he was a prophet. But they'll never give him the respect that he, that he deserves. And so Peter in Matthew 16, 16 is asking, uh, I'm sorry, Jesus is asking Peter, no, sorry, <laughs> Peter gives the right answer. And he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And see, that is the answer right there. Who Jesus Christ is, not was, but is, because he resurrected. So he's the son of the living God. Not John the Baptist, not Elijah, not Jeremiah, or any of the prophets. He is the son of the living God, king of kings, the Lord of lords. He died for our sins on the cross. Amen. And many, many people blame this person or that person, but he came for that. He came to die on the cross for our sins. He shed his blood for our sins. So how can we just look? I mean, think about this. He came down from glory. He came down from glory. He could have came like how the Jews um, wanted him to as a conquering king, but he came humbly, humbly. And he knew the type of pain he was going to go through because in the Garden of Gethsemane, he asked God, you know, he prayed, he was praying to God, and, and he was stressed out about the whole thing, as, as in, I guess in human form. And he prayed to the Father, and he said, take this cup. But he said, no, not my will, that your will be done. And so from there, he went through the beatings and the, the spit in the face and the, all these all the whippings and all these things that I don't even know. The passion of Christ didn't recover it as bad as it was. It was worse than that. And just imagine, you're going to say, you're going to say, he's my homeboy or he's my husband, as some of the women say, he's my husband. <laughs> no, he is the savior of the world, the savior of the Amen. world, Amen. shed his blood for our sins, and and I can't I can't imagine another existence. I can't imagine going to any other belief system. I am I can only think in my head 
Jesus Christ. Because I don't need any more proof. I don't need any more proof. I don't need any more lectures. I don't need sermons. I got the word of God because it's, it's true. Everything in the Bible has been proven through and through and through and through. And even the stuff happening today, 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 Scripture is coming true. Scripture is coming true. So go ahead, Roy. It's, it's, it's a little different for me, I would say. I, I would say, man, um, this is not even a belief system. It's mm. not. Jesus answered too. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There is no other way. The ways that people have found are emptiness. Total emptiness. And here's how you know that. They're saying, hey, some, some say when you die, you go to another level. Or you're doing this or you're doing that. Listen, it's a point for man wants to live. And after that, there is the judgment. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Each and every one of us has, at some point in time has to face death. It's coming. That's what happens in the fall of man. The Bible is clear about what happened. And we are going to have to deal with that. Jesus Christ is saying, come as you are, come. And I will show you a way to the Father. It's only by me, though. That's what he's saying. And his way is the truth. Amen? Amen. And so from here, we're going to kind of rapidly go through the next subject, which is the movie, The Son of God. Now, Jesus has been depicted in many ways over the years, but not like this. And some of the other movies have problems too. But this movie here um, reaches to another level. But we're going to go to the background of, of the people that made it first, and then we're going to touch on the movie a little bit. And hopefully we have 15 minutes left, so I have to kind of rapidly go through this to give you some understanding. So, um, Basically, Roma Downey and her husband produced a Bible miniseries and a film called Son of God, which came out in 2014, and a miniseries called AD that premiered in 2015. And to me, this is like a new age Jesus. Jesus, And I'm going to tell you why. Because it's very important that you understand that so many things were gutted from the, from the, from the actual uh, narrative uh, and, put, and other things put in. So, the, the person, Roma Downey, she, she used to be in a television series called Touched by an Angel, which offers the audience a new age doctrine of some normal, uh, um, with some normal Christian references thrown in, some Christianese. Uh, the TV show also introduces an angel um, played by the actress uh, Delores um, in a female form. But if you dig deep enough into the occult, you'll find, uh, you'll find out that Satan is referred to as a woman in a lot of cases, and the Bible never references any female angels. You'll, um, you'll find uh, a female angel, uh, sorry, you won't find it in, in, the, in the Bible. So, sorry for stumbling on my words right there, but in Genesis 2.23, 
it says, And Adam said, This is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And that's where woman comes from. So I have no references in the Bible about female angels. But that's just a little background on her. I'm going to go into the rest right now. So she's basically more like a uh, a, uh, a mystical Catholic. And it had some audio clips, but didn't have time to chop them up for you. But I'm just going to go here through her, her the scholarship that she has and the, the, the degree that she has from the college that she went to. And it says here, okay, she has a degree in spiritual psychology, which might as well be known as UA psychology, from the University of Santa Monica. You can look this up for yourself. Uh, everything is out there on the website. Um, some of the doctrines taught are experiencing enhanced spiritual awareness through knowing yourself as a divine being having a human experience. We've already talked about um, man trying to be divine. And even in um, some of the Muslim wow. uh, religion, it teaches that um, to know, to knowledge of self, what knowledge of self means is to know that you are God. So here in the New Age Doctrine, it's teaching the same thing, okay? So another thing that she's, she's, she's been taught through this um, uh, spiritual psychology is manifesting greater success and fulfillment personally and professionally, um, like the books The Secret, uh, Think and Grow Rich, 40, 40 Laws of Power, and uh, other self-help books. Remember, it says manifesting great success and fulfillment Manifesting that manifesting is speaking into existence. Speaking into existence. Put your um, uh, vision board up on the wall. Put your things up there, and what you want. If you want a vacation, speak that into existence. That's that's what that that's that just giving you a clarification of what they they believe. Because that manifesting thing is is is, is very um, prevalent in Scientology and some other things, especially in New Age. Okay, so going from there. Another doctrine in there is transforming your consciousness and your life principles and practices of spiritual psychology. Something like uh, the system of witchcraft. You do this and this will happen, and you do that and that will happen. You have to do something in order to get something. Um, with Jesus Christ, everything is already finished on the cross. Okay, so another wow. thing is mastering a powerful soul, soul-centered basic skills, tools for spiritual evolution, um, basically transcending into becoming a god. Let me read it again. Mastering powerful soul-centered basic skills, tools for spiritual evolution. Remember, we just talked about that. So um, I think some things should be sticking out to the listener. All right, so another doctrine in there is resolving or healing your own issues anything that disturbs your peace. So that's humanism. Mm. You see, the human, we can do it ourselves. We can heal and, and, and figure out our own problems by ourselves. Um, anything that disturbs my peace doesn't need to be there. Okay, so it says um, aligning with your soul's purpose, your soul's purpose, basically your will instead of God's will, just to translate that for you. Um, Self-counseling, to connect with your inner counselor, a source of wisdom, unconditional loving, and compassion that resides at the level of authentic self. Basically, divine humanity. Uh, but the, the, the Bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked. 
Who can know it? Okay, let's go to the next point. Uh, it says here, spiritual psychology is the study and practice of art, of the art of human evolution and consciousness. Same thing. Basically, your will, you know, um, and the evolution thing and all that, blah, 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 right? So there, there's ground right there for disqualification because there's nothing in there teaching her the Bible. There's, it's not a Bible college. It's a totally new age belief system. So anyway, she's featured in, in some of the biggest Catholic magazines. You can look this up online, too. It's right there. Not hard to find. Um, some of the biggest promoters of the film of Son of God is Joel Austin and Rick Warren. Rick Warren came out with some, uh, I think, book or DVD that promotes the film heavily. And we know that he is into Chris Lam and other um, heretical things. So, and also Joel Austin, too, but... Um, we see a pattern here of people that write self-help books and New Age doctrines within the church, and so they're all, you know, kumbaya together. So here goes. Um, she follows also Eckhart Tolle, who in his book, A New Earth, page 80, says, only the truth of who you are, if realized, will set you free. And to me, that is a half truth. Let me read it again. Only the truth of who you are, if realized, will set you free. Half truth. Oh, wow. You see, it, you do need Nothing to realize. It's not new. You do need to realize, though, you are a sinner. Because John 8, 31 to 32 says, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So you're yeah. going from a, you, you know, Jesus Christ laid it out. So I'll tell you, everything that you want to find out is out there is already packed in the Bible. All the lies that are out there, Jesus addresses it. Old Testament addresses it. God addresses it throughout. So anyway, um, there's no mention of sin in the movies or the series. At least not that I can, not that I can remember, but um, the, 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 how Jesus died on the cross is kind of like a blank message. It's like, why did he die it, it, in that movie, in that movie, The Son of God? And also, the actor that played him, Diago Magardo, became known as the Hot Jesus on Twitter. That's not only idolatry, but it removes the very image of the real Jesus that the Bible gives. In Isaiah 51, I'm sorry, 53, 1 through 2, it says here, Who has believed our report? Our report. And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form of comeliness, comeliness and um, when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. So Jesus wasn't this handsome uh, man that's always portrayed uh, like um, from the Roman era, Greek era, uh, this and that era, um, as this pretty blue-eyed, uh, blonde, handsome dude that many people desire. It's just not true. So here the Bible clearly says there is no beauty that we should desire him. He didn't want us to lust after him or women to lust after him. And that's mm. telling. And and 
maybe many people don't know that because they uh, haven't do their due diligence and, and read the Bible. If you want to say anything about that, Roy, before I go on, I mean, uh, let me see. We have, wow, five minutes left. Five minutes. <laughs> so, uh, you have anything to say real quick? No, I, I don't. I'm just listening to to what you have to say. I think I just want to, I'm, I'm, I want to just play my Jesus, my, my, my Lord. Okay, so re- real quickly after this. Um, so, when when Jesus, um, the, he, he in the movie it's, it's like he, he, they play him up like a mystic person. Uh, when he's supposed to catch the fishes with the um, the net, he um, puts his hand in the water. You see some green glowing thing around and uh, around in the water, and then the fishes come up. That's not what happens in the Bible. So again, the image of who he is is being distorted by this new age false Jesus. Um, when he goes to, um, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, this is what the Bible says, Mark 4, 18, 20, who is called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting the net in the sea, for they were fishermen, and he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Well, in the movie, it shows Jesus asking Peter to follow him. Peter looks skeptical and asks Jesus, Jesus, what are they going, uh, they're going to do? Jesus grins and replies, change the world. But see, that's not, that's not what Scripture just said. That's not what Scripture says. And, um, um, you know, there's many, many other things wrong with the movie, but we just don't have time to go through it all right now. And we're probably interested in another story. So, I hope this this I hope that this series is um giving you some some inspiration to who God is, who we are as children of God, what his character is like, how we should live and and all these these good rich things that will help us live a better life. Not not a better life in the sense of being rich and all these, I'm talking about spiritual growth. There's a lack of spiritual growth in the church, a lack of spiritual growth in our personal lives. And this right here should start to help you to desire to be like who Jesus was. So go ahead, Rory. Amen. Good night, folks. Um, you want to say that? My king is the king of the Jews. He's a king of Israel. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder, do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unparalleled. 
unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient Savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is lighter. I wish I could describe him for you. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind. You can't, you can't get him off of your head. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. It's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
a laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.